Welcome to the Osteo Connection, the number one podcast for osteopaths looking to expand their minds and improve their practice. I'm Kevin Longpray. I'm Jason Turnbull. And I'm Dr. Sean Landry. And if you're new here, welcome. This show is dedicated to bridging the gap between your formal education and real-world practice success. Join us every week where we share our combined 50 years of practice experience, talk tips, strategies, and interview rock stars in the business. All right, welcome back. We are the Osteo Connection. I got my two sidekicks, Sean, Dr. Sean Landry. Sorry, I almost missed it. It's okay. Mm. And Sir Jason Turnbull. <laughs> nice, sir. Knighted. Uh, we are uh, starting our brand new series on marketing today, uh, and we are blessed to have a very lovely guest and patient of mine, uh, Miss Michelle Barmish. And um, so, Michelle, without uh, further ado, we're going to throw the ball into your court. Maybe give us a little bit of a brief background on, uh, on yourself and what you do for a living, and uh, then we'll jump into the fun stuff after that. Let's do it. I'm blessed to be here with you, fine gentlemen. <laughs> um my story goes back it's an odd one I guess so I'm from Montreal born and raised I've actually known Sean since I'm a young lady um brother and I have been good sorry I'm sorry no his dad's literally one of my favorite people on this planet um good so yeah it starts young because I left for prep school so that's what started everything for me I left for prep um when I was a, a wee, wee little one, I went to high school in the States, played hockey, um, which is basically what brought me to prep. And uh, then went to college, played college hockey at a division three school, which happens to be his brother's, uh, your um, fierce- uh, Rivals. Editors. Yes, rivals, Bowden. Oh yeah. I went to Colby, yeah. So I played at Colby and then I went to school I actually out of college worked at prep school um, which is what I love to do I thought what I want to do is be in this world of education so I worked uh, admissions and I coached the girls hockey team um, and I quickly realized it's not the space I wanted to be in I felt super old actually that's the truth because I was in school um, I was a dorm parent at 22 and I had 19 year olds on my floor and some of my friends were 19 and I just remember thinking like this just doesn't feel right um so leap of faith decided to move back to montreal um because a friend of my godparents worked at l'oreal and i've always been a huge beauty junkie at the end of the day that's what i was i used to wear lip gloss under my helmet like a huge fun of <laughs> um yeah it's brutal <laughs> hey same problem lip yeah work. under my mask i've got i've got like <laughs> it's lip right. gloss heaven yeah. heels at a bar too because i wear heels at a sports bar so i mean is that where the you love totally? it yeah uh, not only in the heels part, but in the bed, <laughs> heels, heels in the bedroom. Ah, it's go. going well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my career started off in what I do now, which at the time was just PR. Uh, so I started off in PR at L'Oreal and I worked at, on two brands, Maybelline, New York and Garnier. So I was there for a number of years, did a lot of really fun stuff. Um, and then went agency side. So traditionally in my line of work, you started an agency kind of, learn as much as you possibly can in that in, in whatever field you're in whether it's paid media or in my, my case pr but i went the reverse so i did agency and i was in a nice cushy brand world where i got to boss agencies around <laughs> joking and then when <laughs> so um i worked at a very small agency to start i had sephora as a client and michael kors in the bay um and i just didn't feel right in a super small team environment i 
you know, at heart as someone who loves to be around people, really love to feed off of people's energy and I love being a part of a bigger team. So I went to Cassette, uh, which is an ad agency that's based out of Montreal, but they're obviously global now. And they have an agency uh, that specializes in PR, social media, and influencer marketing. And so I worked on Procter & Gamble, I worked on Pfizer, I worked on a number of things that were definitely out of my comfort zone. As an example for Procter & Gamble, I worked on Pampers. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. Again, Jason. Um, another BJ <laughs> reference. <laughs> oh, wait, that was, that was Defense, sorry. Oh, Defense. Yeah. yeah, he's the Defense king, right? Yeah. Right. Um, so we, yeah, so I did that and then I was there for, uh, just under four years. Um, and then I decided to finally move back to Boston, which is where I'd met my husband. Uh, he and I met when I was in grad school in Boston and, um, started off as the global PR manager for Reebok Classics, which is their lifestyle division. So when I started my first project out of the gates in 2013 was to, launch Kendrick Lamar as a new brand partner. So oh, I wow. just started and I'm a hip hop head. So it was like a dream come true. It was, that was a wild time. Cause I spent some time in Compton as the first time I was in Compton. And uh, I don't know if you guys want me to get into that, but it was pretty wild. <laughs> wow. um, some big, good we're stories big, there. We're big, that's it. Yeah, um, actually quite a lovely community, but terrifying at the same time. Um, so anyway, so classics and then within a year actually, um, ended up being the head of global PR at Reebok. Um, and I had that role for some time. I then absorbed other functions, you know, social and influence marketing. So I worked with a tremendous amount of talent, um, which was under my team's remit. And then my last gig there was, um, I was the head of our new BU with Victoria Beckham. So Reebok's owned by Adidas. They have Stella McCartney, which is like their sexy fashion collaboration long-term. And we wanted to get in that game. So we signed Victoria. So I was part of the team that signed her. And then I actually created the entire business, which was crazy. Launched that and then peaced out because uh, I was traveling too much. Oh, uh, yeah. Kevin knows, Kevin knows this. This is why we were introduced because my body had some issues with all the travel I was doing. Yeah. Um, and, but also decided to consult. It's like one of these things where my life was telling me that maybe I should take a beat, but also I had a lot of incoming contacts who'd asked if I would just help them on the side and couldn't do both. So I took a leap of faith and decided to go full-fledged consultancy. Um, so this is in July 19. Um, and I've been consulting ever since. So I consult on PR, social, a lot of talent work now. So I'm, I'm getting pulled in with athletes and celebrities who need to shape who they are and how they would potentially work with brands. So I'm doing a lot of that right now, actually. Um, it's fun. Absolutely love what I do. Nice. Very, nice. Very, very long bio, but well, oh, it's great. Well, it gives, it gives perfect context, you know, like, so just to explain, like, obviously us in our podcast, we're talk the audience we have is obviously people that are in our, our line of work, uh, people that are graduating from school that are having issues with how do I start? How do I promote myself? How do I get busy? So a lot of this came about when, you know, us talking about, you know, some of the successes we've had and we just wanted to give back and share that with people and how they could promote themselves through, you know, a lot of what we do on the podcast and in the program that we're going to be launching is uh, how to create a, a good connection with people um, in creating that foundation of, of, of trust and, and building upon that. Right. But so what we wanted to do is, is 
bring people in too that had other expertise on how to market themselves and or uh, create something uh, in terms of a, uh, a, I guess, a package solution of of ideas on how to promote their business, how to promote themselves and grow their um, community. So I guess what we could jump into is uh, maybe from your experience and what you do and knowing a little bit of, of, of us and how we work, like what could be some things that we think of someone coming out of school like you did that wanted to really um, get known and or uh, promote themselves as a, a professional? Um, what are some things that could be some basics someone could start with to really kind of launch pad them onto uh, that route to success? Um, I don't know your field as well, but traditionally I would say have someone be very active on LinkedIn as a start. So yeah. what that means is you follow a lot of different people. You comment on much like how people used Facebook at the beginning. Okay. Um, LinkedIn and you're networking with people in your field or maybe people outside of that who you'd want to bring into your own universe. So LinkedIn to me sh should be a really great place to start. Um, naturally, Instagram, but I think people get a little thrown by the size of your community on Instagram now. Um, I can talk at length about the value of that platform, but it should be done properly and it should be grown very slowly. Um, so I would say start showing parts of yourself or parts of the business or your expertise there in that really great curated way and comment on other people weekly, you know, um, meaning we call it social listening. So in my field, it's, let's assume, I don't know, I'm marketing a phone. Um, I would look up hashtag phone and see who's posting on a phone and commenting on their post because that person will then see you and then they'll go back to your Instagram page. And if they like what, they, what they're seeing, hopefully they'll follow you. Um, so the more you do that, the more you bring people in, the better. I mean, it, it, that's probably the most digital space spaces. Hopefully post COVID now, we'll get back to traditional brick and mortar and actually engaging with people. But right now in the world we're in, and kids are so, I won't say kids, but people out of college or university now are really savvy. Um, and, and it's just a matter of having the patience and being curated. It, it, people share too much sometimes. So when you say, when you say just to clarify, cause I think you're, you're bringing up a good point and I think I know what you mean by this is like taking your time and, uh, patience to do it, uh, organically, I guess is, is it just so that you can hit the right target, uh, market? Like, is it because you're going to be, you're going to be contacting and, and connecting with people that are in alignment with what you think is that why you're saying that yeah I think um well people get a little tr they get a little nervous if their community isn't I don't know whatever number they have in their minds and what I'm saying slowly means growing the right kind of community the right people that should be following you yeah. that want to share your content okay now, um that's that's how not to get scientific with that platform but it's very hard to grow Instagram, your own channel, when you're public, of course, or if you're a business, through organic yep. practice. So if right. you're not putting dollars behind anything, it's very hard. The way you kind of can trick the algorithm slightly, and what you do when you trick the algorithm, it means that you're at the top of people's feeds, yep. or your first story, is by publishing content that people want to save, 
right? We can now save, or they want to send to somebody else. Okay. Instagram starts picking up that what you're doing is right. And the people that are following you are liking and sharing. Then you start growing and then you start getting at the top of people's feeds that followed you two months ago and they haven't seen you. Like that's basically what hmm. you, you do. Um, it takes a lot of time. It does. Yeah. That's the thing is what I mean by slowly. It's not posting once a month. It's actually being very active on the platform, but just having patience to bring in the right people. Yeah. <laughs> So and is LinkedIn similar? Like yeah. it would LinkedIn have a same, a similar. LinkedIn's more generous. Okay. It is. It's more generous. Um, they will show you who you are more actively following. So, okay. you know, if Sean, you're on every week and I'm going on your page, yeah, uh, you'll be at the top of my, my. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. Okay. There's no paid content. I mean, there is, you can actually do some, but if you're starting out, you don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. so maybe that's great for like our listeners so if you're like someone that's maybe not as like techno technology kind of savvy or in an age group like kevin or something where they're just not part of their life at all uh are there are there other professionals like they can reach like out old. Like, like old yeah like are there other yeah. people like like maybe there's is there there obviously must be specialists that can help people whether a solo practitioner or a small clinic on on reaching out for that it's, it sounds almost like you know, we had someone in years ago for like search engine optimization for our websites. There must be similar um, experts, I would think, that the people could reach out to to help that, right? To get yeah. the Instagram and know how to post and how often to post and what That's to do. What I do. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm one of those people, but yes, exactly. I mean, SEO is a really funny uh, world because um, it's maybe different in your in if we're talking about a practice because SEO is a lot about conversion. So obviously you want someone to see your clinic's name. They click mm -hmm. on it to make an appointment make and it's very effective. The, the thing is now is especially in a post COVID world, people need to feel like they're connecting and that whoever it is they're going to give money to cares back. And there's, and that's part of this curated content that you need to sh show is especially if the output is an appointment or a new, you know, uh, uh, I wouldn't say client, a new uh, patient, then you need to show that. You need to make them feel as though you care. You need to make them feel as if you're very, you're an expert in this one thing or many things. But that's that's the difference now of COVID. Um, it's very clear on the brand side, traditional brand side. Brands need to care. Like, there's so many hot topics on sustainability. Like sustainability is the biggest thing right now. Everyone needs to show how sustainable they are because then you can care about the environment despite the fact that, you know, yeah. you're probably not. Or hopefully you are, but maybe you're not. Um, same thing with diversity right now. Obviously, like people need to know that they're thinking, and it's very important for organizations to do that now. Um, and it's all about caring. It's about like recognizing that nobody's perfect, no brand is perfect, but there's opportunity and that you're trying to change. I would say it's the same thing with people out of school for you. Um, you know, just show much you've decided to get into this world for this reason this is what fuels you this is why you want to help your patients this is what you think you can give back there's maybe a community like a communal aspect that they can have if they're from Pencal, there there might be a local organization that they can help with like all that stuff helps and the more you show that stuff on instagram the better really it's amazing that this is parallel to to what we talk about all the time oh yeah and it just, yeah. I'll continue yeah. to cut Sean off. So it's, I had a, uh, just a, a funny observation. Uh, you talked about sustainability and I was watching the, yeah. uh, the hockey game the other night and you, you see that Seattle's new rink is called climate pledge oh, yeah. arena. 
right? So <clears throat> it, you're like, okay. So they tied their name of the actual building into, right. you know, we're, we're pledging, oh, yeah. we're pledging to what? We're pledging to the climate, right? But I mean, we'll stop but, mentioning yes. Docker's name on this now, but we've talked about the DNI community uh, on, with the NHL. I mean, they've leaned heavily into showing diversity yeah. and inclusion. Yeah. Every brand needs to start showing that NHL is a brand. The, yeah. the, yeah, the Kraken's arena is perfect. Um, I mean, it makes sense too with that market because Seattle's always been a little yeah. I don't know, more progressive in that scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But, so it's really yeah. cool. It's really cool. Like some of the concepts we talk about with, with, uh, with our, our audience are always about connection and always about that. So it's, it's amazing that to see that some of these same concepts apply to the social media scene. Mm-hmm. And all of these tools that you can use, it's the same concepts we do with a client, but you do it online yeah. uh, to promote yourself. So that, that's <laughs> reassuring in one way too, that, you know, you can just do the same process, but and do this online with people that are on a, a broader scale, right? Well, it also shows that you can be authentic. If, you, if you're doing that in your clinic, and now there's a platform that shows you can do it on social media at the same time. It kind of expands your authenticity and your, and your outreach, obviously. Yeah. And I mean, the more your patients post or talk about their, I just cut you off. The more, the, the more they, um, they also talk about their experiences because Instagram has like three, um, I have, it's a French, it's a volet. I, I don't know what the term is for now because I was on a French call before this, but um, you have your grid, you have your reels, and then you have everything that people put, like tag you in. And consumers are now going there more than ever. Like they want to see who's been to your clinic. They want to see who's wearing your brand or who's tagged Pepsi or whatever. Interesting. So that's an important thing too to consider because your biggest and best um, opportunity is through the people that have connected with you. They're going to be your biggest cheerleaders and your ambassadors. So that's what inf- that's what influencers are. At the end of the day, it got really saturated in in traditional brands like the the checks that were cut for some of these deals were crazy. And I think finally now we're going to, after COVID, get back to this level of authenticity. It's a marketing buzzword now. It's kind of getting a little oversaturated, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's about, you know, leveraging the people that are already in your community. And it's the same kind of slow burn or slow growth, I would say for Instagram, right? How do you grow that platform? Same thing. So the word I think of, like when you say authenticity, I think of like transparency, right? So you want to be like you said it authentically who you are, right? With your patients, but also with your audience, right? With your, the community you're trying to grow in your, in your circle, right? For sure. And people crave that more than anything now. This idea of perfectly curated anything is not good content anymore. People like real, right? For sure. For sure. Um, and I'm sure you guys all connect to that. I don't know how active you are on any of these platforms, but I personally gravitate towards that. I love seeing the. <laughs> I know I actually follow you. <laughs> um, I have a picture of Sean on my Instagram. Do you? Yeah. It's like it's like the the only picture we took in the beginning yeah. when we were we first, first started recording. Doing this. Got a lot of likes. <laughs> it's probably like got so too. many likes. Right? Uh, it, it broke the internet. That's actually a funny thing. It's mislead. So I have a private account. Um, I went private, uh, I don't know, two years ago because I worked with a lot of talent who follow me. It's a super weird thing because then all of their crazy fans want to follow you. And uh, so I went private because I just couldn't stand these random people seeing my life. 
Yeah. Um, I'm actually very active on that platform personally. I love it. It's basically just my dog and what I'm wearing today. <laughs> but um, I follow you. I have seen that. <laughs> love your dog. You yeah. yeah, she's very. She's snoring. If you hear anything. Um, but the the likes is funny because I have this huge number of followers, and I'm lucky if I hit 50 likes because at the end of the day, everyone else is following me to see if I'm going to post a picture of Ariana Grande. Like that's basically all they're waiting for. Really? Um, yeah. So likes are they're important, but they're not either because it comes back to the point I made at the beginning of making sure your your content is speaking to your community. If you have um, I don't know, 500 followers, you should try and get a certain amount of likes because your engagement rate should be at least 4% for a really positive platform. It should be around 3 to 4% of your audience. So I'm terrible at math. I won't even fact so whatever three to four percent would be of 500 is what you would you okay. should get from a perspective 17.631 <laughs> you're brilliant math brain's impressive wow. um, but that's what you try and get so even for businesses as you grow your platform you want to try and get a percentage of likes per your your followers right yeah. so there is an engagement <laughs> ratio like that you guys look for like yeah. To know if your yeah. content is like, you know, like you say, hitting your audience kind of thing. Resonating. Exactly. Resonating. Yeah. Exactly. And on the brand side, it's important for someone like me, if I were to look to sign a new ambassador, because you can buy followers also, yeah. buy followers. And it's incredibly easy to decipher because if you have 10,000 followers and you get 20 likes, gotcha. well, that makes sense. That means you bought a lot of people. Got um, yeah. Yeah, but if you are at that three to four percent mark, that's interesting for me because that says to me that if I'm working with you, I'm going to speak to a community that's very interested in what they're publishing okay. and it's authentic. Hopefully, like that's you know, you want to make sure that you're working with somebody obviously who believes in what you're doing. And at the end of the day, if they post the content that their community believes is accurate and like really connected to them, then you can actually convert them into fans or. You know, they might actually land on your website and then make a purchase or whatever. Or in your case, book an appointment. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So like you, so, so I guess like just trying to think about some of the things that maybe some people could be throwing up there. So like, let's say for a business uh, like what we have, so someone's starting out, maybe it, it could be an advantage then to, to post success stories or uh, certain like you said before, like uh, expertise that people have working on particular problems and what they are and what the solutions may be to help people mm -hmm. and what's worked in the past. So it could be something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, don't judge me, Kev. I don't know if I'm supposed to or not, but I, I follow this guy called Rehab Science. Um, he's got a huge following and why I follow him is I work out every morning. If I don't have to, if I can't, if I'm not in Montreal, I definitely won't see Kevin. So like I have this thing happening in my leg, I'll actually go to him, his, his Instagram page, because he's got a gazillion like, examples of some injuries that you may have had and how like quick PT that you can do to help. It's not scientific, but at least it's there. So to use that as an example, if you guys were to show a lot of common injuries you're seeing or whatever it may be, and you're explaining them and what yep. they could, then might be like an alarming 
injury moment for you to come and see them and that's great like the gift of knowledge is very appreciated at the end of the day mm. so giving um, right? giving yeah yeah not being so precious and you know having i it needs there's a balance between aspirational meaning like i want to like have that i would be i'd love to have an appointment with these guys they're hard to get to and then but also they were very helpful because they've given me some tips and tricks of things to do Mm. Um, and the more you're showing those things, the more trust you would also get from people, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. We always say it like, again, with the, it's that no like, and trust factor, right? So, yeah. you know, before the social media existed, it happened, like you say, it happened in person through client referrals, right? Through, you know, building that relationship. And now, like you say, in this new digital world, you can build that with before having seen the person, right? So like they, like you say, you're getting these you know, you're building this relationship, you know, maybe it's on one end, not on the other, but they might show up in your door and they feel like they know you already, right? Help them in other ways. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's a fun, it's a fun world done the right way. I mean, social or stuff or, you know, is, is very effective. In fact, that's where brands are going to be investing most of their dollars now. Yeah. Yeah. Not in search SEO. Some do, but now it's really like it's the next frontier. I guess too, with with like you said before, talking about COVID and and moving out of that um, stage of things, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense to have things that are, you know, in terms of sharing information and giving uh, advice on things to help people through certain issues. Whether it's you know a lot of we've had so many people coming in with things with anxiety and yeah. uh, different types of uh, you know depression and. Uh, uh, concerns about their health and things like that. So, um, whereas before we would do things like where we did actual live events where we'd have people come in, which Workshops, is kind of yeah. crazy when you think about it, cause you only have a limited amount of people, which yeah. is kind of cool to have the one-on-one -on -one thing. But so, so this could be such an advantage, uh, for the generation, uh, coming yeah. up since they're, they're so familiar with it too. Right. To yeah, you're share their knowledge. Totally. Um, two points. First thing, a lot of, uh, I'll use fitness because it's easy. During COVID, a lot of people really performed well because they started having live virtual classes. And yeah. how many were we watching? But they're going to continue that even post-COVID, despite the fact that they'll probably still have in-person classes because they grew an audience. They might be based in Montreal, but they have like 20 yeah. people in Texas that are actually joining in. So that can be applied to what you guys do for sure. So this idea of having events, but just more virtual. The other thing too is that, again, I'll use brands as an example. Your consumer, your person, your your patient likes a lot of things, you know. So if I'm a, I don't know, a cheese brand, I'm you know whatever. Um, my consumer loves the fact that I have a lot of cheese, but they probably work out, and they love going camping with their family, and they love doing all of these things. Brands often think very verbal, like super deep. So all they do is cheese content or like some kind of recipe with cheese but the way you actually get to people's hearts is by showing a whole lot of other things so diet for example right so if you guys started talking a bit about diet or meditation because you know that a lot of your patients are coming in with anxiety and depression yeah. it doesn't only have to be that one you know the field of x yeah be a lot broader than that and then it opens up the aperture to a lot of opportunities for content. Like you don't always have to think of like, oh my God, like I don't know what I'm going to post this week. 
right. could be as simple like you know i don't know my client or my patient had an issue with tomatoes because you know they're inflammatory so like here's the uh, solution or whatever maybe yeah. right right exactly there's yeah. so many branches like you say there's branches off what you do and because all aspects of life kind of lead back towards well, it yeah, yeah. We're, yeah we're not just one thing i think the second you just tap into something that your community likes you also have to like lean into that so for example i don't know if you're talking about a hockey and then suddenly you get hundreds of people that are actually liking that and you can see that they're sharing it well clearly a lot of hockey players or parents of hockey players are following you so right or that yeah you guys don't see awesome or it's or it's or it's just it's just pj liking it right over and over again yeah Yeah. i've seen that man play rugby twice he's been injured both times actually that's not true he got a red card the first time then he got injured the second which we all know is a pretty bad injury (laughs) yeah yeah pretty ugly that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, Heck of a golfer, though. <laughs> Heck of a golfer. Right. Well, he's a bad eh? It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You can crush it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> anything else? You guys uh, think of anything? I, I, I just find it fascinating because it, yeah. it really opens a lot of doors for people, I think, too, on, on so broadening. I, you're, I, thought you're, I, just, well, I, I don't know if I paused there. That's like, well, because I just looked at the time and, oh, if no, no time for my comment. You know, <laughs> got to keep it short. We don't have 20 minutes. You're good at that. So, uh, <laughs> this is so why I think, I'm, I'm long-winded also, by the way, this is why I train people to not do the way I do. Nice. No, I, gonna, that's the best part about these, these, uh, you know, these podcasts and stuff is that it provides, you know, the room to be long-winded and it's so fun listening to you, listening to your experience and stuff. And, oh my God, and, yeah, and amazing. it's amazing to see how it does par- parallel with, you know, things what, we talk what, about, what we do, what we talk about with our audience and stuff. And, <laughs> it's very similar. Like you say, the communication, like we talk about this stuff, like, uh, with one-on-one with patients, right. And clients. And, but it, like Kev said before, it directly parallels to how you present yourself online. It's the exact same thing. You know? I mean, socials, Instagram's a marketplace. Now, if you look at it that way as another place of business, it's like the, now it's the first door that you'll get a consumer more often than not. They won't go to your website. They'll go to your Instagram. Yeah, that's right. Especially younger generations as they evolve, like that's where they're going to go. So if you consider that as the place of business, then you think of what you want your patients to know about you. And, you know, um, yeah. It's funny because every time on Instagram and my kids are near me, I like, I just will scroll through and you said three to 4% of people like, you know, that that's a good ratio to have. I never like anything, right? I'm just scrolling through and I appreciate everything. I'm looking through, well, daddy, why do you like that? Daddy, why do you like that? You should like that picture. Look at that pug. I like that pug, you know? And I don't, and I look at my older son. He, every single one goes, every single quick he sees, double click, double click, double click. And I like, you like, he likes every single one. And I don't like, just wait till he's is Likes are lazy. And I mean that in, it's super easy to like. Totally. But when you take the time to comment, or if you take the time to save it, or if you take the time to share it, that's why, again, that's resonating more. Because I'm like you. I mean, I'm on this my phone 20 hours a day. Mm-hmm. I'm always liking. And, but the moment I start saving, sharing, then, you know, it's relevant. Okay. Um, so I, how many, do you see the same accounts all the time? Do you recognize? Yes. And then Mostly. I said that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You want to get out of that to start liking other things. That's exactly it. Yeah. Okay. So that's what's happening now. That's the, I, I don't understand all the metrics yeah. of it as well, but so, okay. So if you're liking a few specific things, you're getting fed that day in, day out. Totally. Oh, and then okay. the content that's served up to you because we're getting ads now on Instagram. Huh. Yeah. 
you're if you're I don't know like only liking food content you're going to start seeing Saputo and you're going to start seeing other brands that are publishing food sponsored posts you can elect to stop seeing them now so you can say like this isn't for me I've seen it 20 times please stop but that's how they're that's the algorithm that works in favor of hate on social yeah and it's just like it's a marketplace right so now you can actually buy products on the app whereas before it would hyperlink you to another uh, brand hmm. so not to get into the creepy conspiracy uh, <laughs> angle but we uh, have yeah. done this but a few times where we, we speak of something and then it shows up on your feed is that yeah. true 100%. Yeah, eh? yeah 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 that's what we, uh, like sure. breville <laughs> yeah like the breville pizza oven one year we, yeah remember that yeah. it's insane yeah. And the and the and the uh, key, uh, the um, espresso machine, the espresso machine yeah. popped up on Instagram yeah. the next day. The, the lip gloss thing. The lip gloss. I get like lip a double, gloss for double layer lip gloss. I get high heels. Yeah. I was about to get high heels. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, high yeah. Louis. Yeah. Louis, yeah. Louis, Louis totally. Whatever they call. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, there's no way to shut that. Actually, that's not true now. With the new iOS update on Apple, um, I don't know if you guys saw, but you can actually shut your mic, which I've done. Uh-huh. But then there's something else. Mike, shut up. Yeah, they're actually, in the essence of transparency, um, they're trying to limit access to a consumer. And it's the same thing for uh, cookies. You guys know what a cookie is, like on on, on, online? So your computer's recognizing where you're going all the time. Tracking, yeah. You can now actually stop a website from tracking you. And again, Mm. being transparent. I got, we had a, we had that argument the other day and then I got marital, uh, you know, advice, advertisements. That's true. <laughs> nice. That's true. Nice. Didn't work. Yeah. Up. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Michelle. Guys, they totally are. <laughs> so are you still, uh, even though you're in Boston, are you, are you still a Habs fan? What's going on? Are you kidding me? Diehard Habs fan. Although yeah. this year. What do, you, what do you think about this year? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. It's painful. It is no the, bueno. I think it's a post, you know, it's a post massive like ride depression, right? They were like uh, on a high and, you know, and they're yeah. not on a high anymore. No, not, no, it's bad. I mean, it's mm. bad. It's bad. No, diehard Habs fan. I have been for life. For nice. life. Nice. Can't that. So when's, uh, right. when's the, what? So I was going to say, when's the next time you've seen my brother? Um, and, uh, are they in Boston? Is he in New York? On or no? record, John, I love you and Anne-Marie. I'm the worst. He's been trying <laughs> to get their house for months, like literally. Um, hopefully in this next trip is what I'm going to say. <laughs> awesome. yeah, I spoke I'm, it's I'm, recorded. It's yeah, recorded. he actually, like he literally invited me for every Habs game in the, in the finals last year. Yeah, every, yeah. He was like, come on over. We were in a screening room, blah, blah, blah. I'm on a right now. Oop, can I say that? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jay swears all the time. Yeah, big time soon. Okay. Of the three of us, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for coming on. This was amazing. Uh, I think hopefully people can pull uh, some good info about. Oh, go ahead. You oh, look three like things. Three, three things. things. I love it. Right. Oh, the wrap up is Get here. your pen and paper out. Yeah, LinkedIn. Active on LinkedIn. Yeah. For content on Instagram. Yeah. And your patients are use them as much as possible as um, influencers. So have them tag where they are. So you can, yeah. So when they're amazing, on Instagram, you can see the name of the clinic, for example. 
we so existing we got to get out of the stone with age. that wrap up we um we actually one of our you know our colleagues here riley she was amazing she even had in her room she had her riley grand osteopathy she has a like she literally has a uh, a stand for stand. her phone to yep. do some treatments and stuff and her her practice blew up in under a year right oh yeah yeah, yeah. it takes yeah. time it, it takes yeah. time yeah. It's not instinctive to most people, admittedly. Like I get yeah. that, but your audience can always reach out to me. I'm, I love helping. So, so how do they? Well, how would they? You're private now, so how do they follow you? Oh how, no, I mean you can. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> LinkedIn. <laughs> LinkedIn. LinkedIn. There you go. Um, I actually I launched it officially. I launched an agency called Twenty Six. So the website will be up soon, and they can always find me that. Oh, amazing. So amazing. what's the website? 26.com? What is it? Yeah, 26.com. Yeah. Say that again. Just it was called. I'll send it to you guys after. Yes. 20, we'll yeah. yeah. We will link to the show notes. And Put in the show notes. <laughs> what are show notes exactly? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Sounds good though. I think Steph knows. <laughs> uh, so thanks again. It was so nice to see you. Hopefully I get to see you in the office soon. I know. And, uh, let me know. Uh, when are you leaving again? tomorrow tomorrow so, okay yeah, yeah. But i'll be uh, back soon. coming back in december to see city in color oh sweet that'd yeah. be amazing i know I'm my, be my daughter's favorite really yeah oh, he's, he's good dallas green i've seen a bunch of times he's really good in concert so. yeah he's I'm amazing Canadian. they love the girl yeah. favorite song the girl oh yeah. really yeah. yeah yeah there's a lot of like, yeah, he's beautiful in concert hopefully yeah. this is still a ticket Oh, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. <laughs> Shauner, you want to wrap this up? Yeah. Or? Thanks so much for listening. Uh, hit us up. Well, Osteo Connection on uh, Apple and Spotify and then uh, osteomentorship.com. And thanks so much, Michelle. It was, do you have an you know, Instagram handle? We do. Yeah. The Instagram handle is, is on, Osteo Sean. Connection. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Osteo <laughs> Connection on Instagram. I didn't Facebook. Even know we had one. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you next week. Thanks, Thank you. Michelle. Bye, Bye. Ciao. Thanks for checking out this episode. We hope you learned something. Or not. And if you haven't already, subscribe here to the Osteo Connection wherever you're listening. And hey, it would mean the world to us if you would rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. And if you're still listening at this point, thanks, Mom. And if you're offended how much we've made fun of Jason, tune in next week. And be sure to share with a friend. <laughs>